Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fans from the Stands. I'm giggling because Ivan just whispered to me, 14. So <laughs> episode number 14 we're celebrating today in uh, season two of Fans from the Stands. Uh, I'm your co-host, Mickey, along with my other co-host, Ivan. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Well, <laughs> we went from a, a down week to an up week. Now, uh, is it a meh week? It's, it's kind a of a down, week. a little the middle, I think last night's win helps out a little bit. It was looking pretty bleak there because, I mean, we, we went from a high of like, hey, we swept the Red Sox. Yeah. To, uh, crap, we got swept by the Angels. Right. Yeah. The sky was falling. So let's, we'll just jump into the recap so we get to catch everybody up in case uh, you haven't been watching the Jays games. Uh, August 23rd, our last day of our last podcast, Jays 9, uh, Boston 3. Ross, Cy Young, oh no, uh, Ross, Bob, Strip, no, what is it? Bob Ross Stripling. Yeah. That's what I want to say. <laughs> Bob Ross Stripling, six innings pitch, six hits, one and run, one walk, six Ks. So the Jays score nine runs and not one home run. Yeah. August 24th, uh, Toronto three, Red Sox two, and that was in 10 innings. Simmer gets the win. Uh, Springer doubles in the, uh, I think it was the 10th inning. Rios, really nice outing. Six innings pitched, five hits, two earned run, one walk, six Ks. Romano got his 27th save. 25th of August, Jays six, Red Sox five. That was in 10 innings again. The win goes to Romano. Gosman pitched okay. Really a lot of bad luck again. Yes. That's right? that's the one thing where they were saying, like, you know, like we kind of were like 79 miles off the bat, 82 miles off the bat. Little dinky shots and against Little the shift and squibbers here, bloops there. Nine singles. Anyway, five minutes pitch, nine hits, four and runs, zero walks, six strikeouts. And those nine hits, I would say, I don't think it'd be hazard to, hazard to say six of those hits were just little dinky hits. Yeah, they were. Just bad luck. Yep. But anyways, the Jays. So the Jays leave Boston with another sweep with the Red Sox. Things are looking up. Now we're going to play a team that's 20 games under 500. 26th of August, Angels 12, Jays nothing. Yeah. Mitch White, five inning pitched, eight, uh, eight hits, seven, sorry, eight runs, seven earned runs, three walks, five strikeouts. So just not to be outdone, Kikuchi, three innings pitched, three hits, three earned runs, uh, one walk, two strikeouts. So yeah, Mitch White kind of pooped the bed in this one, and um, Kikuchi. Well, I mean, you got to use him, right? Yeah, might as well throw him in there, right? Might as well throw him in in a seven nothing game. Um, it was pretty painful to watch him pitch because he's mixing in all of his pitches, like he's trying a slider, he's trying the curve, he's trying this, he's trying that, and it's like, buddy, you can't even locate your fastball. Right? Like, how about you locate your fastball? And then try something different. And it's and he's got a good fastball. And he's yeah. got a good fastball. Yeah, like four straight pitches to walk the first guy, and it's like, oh, what are you doing? Imagine what Pete Walker thinks. Yeah, this must have won a ring of the neck. Uh, the Jays never really in that game, like you said, it was a Mitch White really battled. It was a pretty, I would say, uneventful, not uneventful, but really non-interesting game for Jays fans. It was pretty, we're out of it the whole way through. Yeah. 27th of August day after angels two Jays, nothing. This was the 92 world series reunion. 
Yeah. Noah pitched really well. He did. Seven innings pitched, four hits, one and run, two walks, eight strikeouts. Just Otani pitched better. Seven innings pitched, two hits, one walk, nine nine strikeouts. Uh, Jays, even in this game, there was never really a – I don't think there was one moment where I thought, oh, here comes a comeback. We got a guy on. There was nothing. What would they get, like three or four base runners? That was it? Like, yeah. what was it? Two, it was two hits all day and uh, one walk? Yeah. I think there was a double by Vlad at one point, but that was about it. Four left on team left on base was four that game. Oh. Yeah. Just never, never in it the whole time. No. Uh, 28th of August, Angels eight, Jays three. So Jays get swept by the Angels, the lowly Angels. Stripling, definitely not. This wasn't Bob Ross stripling at this point. Six, six innings pitched, seven hits, three earned runs, no walks, six Ks. Still not terrible, but. But not, not, not enough. Simber, Simber kind of looked horrible in that game. Yeah, he didn't pitch well. He hasn't pitched well really. He's been used a lot this year. He has. I think he's got the most innings pitched this yeah, I think, season. I think he's starting to feel some fatigue. Yeah. But then last night, this was the, well, so I'll just say the score. 29th of August, Cubs 4, Jays 5 and 11 innings. Brios, not a great outing. Uh, not horrible, but not great. Five and two thirds, ten hits. Yeah, that's his his defense helped him out. Yeah, scattered ten hits, four run runs, one walk, four strikeouts. Uh, Jimmy Garcia gets the win. That game was looking like, uh oh, here comes a four game losing streak. Yeah, and then the seventh inning happened, and uh, Danny Jansen. Yeah. Mr. Clutch this game, eh? Like he got four of the five uh, RBIs in this game. So I'll ask you a question. Since we started this, since we did this recap, from the 23rd of August to the 29th of August, how many home runs did the Jays hit? If you can just guess. Oh, gosh. Let's say two. They hit three. Three. Okay. And do you know who has the most home runs out of those three? Oh, God. You're putting me on the spot. Um is it Chapman or is it Jansen? Danny Jansen hit two home runs two, eh? this week, and Springer hit the other one. Springer had the other one. And I, I was, that was, I thought that was crazy. Yeah. yeah Danny Jansen hit one on the 25th of August against the against Red Sox. Well, and I was watching the uh, pregame show on Sportsnet before this game here, and they're saying that Jansen has the highest late game. OPS of all Blue Jays with 200 bats or 200 uh, plate appearances. Wow. Hey, so we'll talk about this a little bit, I guess a little bit later, but mm-hmm. um, let's talk about last night's game was a good comeback for the Jays. I thought, I thought for sure it was not looking good. They weren't putting up much. It was kind of reminded me a lot of those, of, of those, of the Angels series where they couldn't get anything going. Yeah. And then all of a sudden a three run home run by Danny Jansen gets them within a run and then a uh the bloop single by was it chapman chapman yes yeah and and then chapman scored the winning run on a single by jansen in next in extras uh so i mean it was a good character win for the jays they they needed it they should beat the cubs um and they picked the right time i think uh new york lost last night too if i'm not mistaken they lost three in a row they're really come back to earth, right? Too bad the Jays weren't. Imagine the Jays on a really big hot streak. 
Right. No kidding. Right. It would have been really close. So the night, the, uh, on the 27th of August, the Jays had their um, 92 world series reunion. People lined up for those bomber jackets and uh, those classic 92 Jays jackets. Ones that, ones that uh, actually it's a different jacket. Todd's, I always remember Todd Stalmar, but this is 93. <laughs> yeah. Right on second or third. And it looked like a parachute just like exploded and is like just it expanded, right? Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so the Jays that were, that were there that made the trip, I guess, uh, you know, they had uh, Joe Carter, obviously, Devon White, my, Mike Timlin, Dwayne Ward, Dave Steve, Todd Stollemeyer, Pat Borders, the MVP of that year. Yep. Uh, Cito Gaston and Dave Winfield and Paul Beeston. Uh, and uh, I thought what I thought was really cool was seeing uh, Dave Winfield coming in the car at the microphone saying Winfield wants noise yeah. kind of like the recall of the 92 world series. So we were both here. You're, you're younger than I am, but so you're, we're both what uh 92. I was, <laughs> he's pulling out his world series. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. American league championship banner from 92. Uh, we were, I was what I want to say, uh, for 16 years I was, old i was 14 so yeah around 15 there. 15 or 16 yeah um so we were right in the you know right in the prime of baseball like my love for baseball so what do you remember most about that world series so there's a few things that i remember that really stands out to me was um just going back to the uh championship series is up right. until that point the jays were known as chokers they could just yeah. they're they're always in the mix but never could get over that hump they're always a bridesmaid never the bride right yeah and then yeah. there was that one that one uh strikeout where eckersley from oakland kind of glared into the dugout and they talked about it uh and they said you know don't look in the duckout don't look and then he looked into the dugout and stared them down and then, and then that stirred up a, a hornet's nest and he did a fist pump didn't he yeah, fist pump and then stared into the dugout. And then sure enough, and then Robbie Alomar kind of hit the home run and sparked it. And then they said, that's it. We're doing this. And then in the I, World uh, Series, I yeah. think what really stood out to me was the fact that every single game that the Jays won was a really close game. Right. Fantastic series. I have a lot of memories. Again, it was I was... What else? What else I gonna do? I was fifteen. You're gonna watch baseball, and it's uh, and it's funny because you kind of you kind of take it for granted, right? I, I did at least because when I was growing up, um, I was nine years old when the Jays won the American League East for the first time in '85. Yeah. So to to be honest, I don't remember I don't remember much of it. Um, I just remember the Jays had a chance to go in the World Series and they didn't. I, I still I don't I don't remember it, but but when I was getting into liking baseball. They had, they were always perennial contenders. Yeah. You know, 85, 87, 89, 90, 91, 90, 97. Then and they were known as, you're right. They're known as chokers because they'd always get to, you know, they played as the twins. They, they met the, they met the twins the year before and got swept, I think. Yeah. I think or so. lost in five games. It wasn't, it wasn't competitive. No. Um, so this, so this world series, yeah, and you're right. The, the lead, it just, you know, when something magical is happening. And when Robbie Alomar, I guess the player who will never be spoken again, James, <laughs> uh, probably the, the greatest Blue Jay to ever wear a jersey, unfortunately. It's 
Uh, can't talk about them. Um, can't talk about them. MLB's kind of banned them. So, <laughs> so uh, he hits that home run against Eckersley, which kind of you just felt it was something different. Yep. What's going on? And then the Jays make the World Series. I remember the uh, the the national anthem. The first game, the flag was upside down. Upside down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, that's a big memory for me. And then they came. I remember them when they came back to Canada. Uh, there was they they asked to hold the flag again this time right side up yeah and then the triple play that wasn't exactly that wasn't that was the, that was the one that's one memory i remember um I, vividly is that triple play like watching it live right and again because i'm only third 15 and old, yelling at the tv <laughs> yeah I, I didn't appreciate the catch to begin with yeah. and, and yelling you're right and getting so mad because like that was a triple play and they didn't have replay back then yeah and you're like, it, you can it, see it. He touched his foot. His, his, <laughs> the guy is, it was Deion Sanders. His, yeah. his shoe came off. Yeah. The back of his heel, like came out of his shoe. When he tagged, when Kelly Gruber chased. Now, Kelly Gruber should have thrown the ball to second. Would have been an easier play, but yeah. uh, he tried. He dove, tagged him. It should have been a triple play. It wasn't. Uh, my dad's friend, this is a weird story. That My dad's friend had a friend that was at the game. Wow. And was sitting above center field, like in that where the uh, WestJet deck is now. And he uh, saw, he said he saw the ball that was hit. And he saw Devon White go for it. And he's like, what is he doing? Just play it off the wall. Like, you're just, you don't have a chance. And then he makes his leap. <laughs> like, uh, it, was, it was incredible. And the Jays uh, won. I think they won that game handily. Or no, they only won by one run. Yeah. Or they lose that game. Uh, must have won that. I'm sure they won that game. And you're right. So they... Uh, and then the final game, what I remember about that final game was being up late. So I think the game started at eight o'clock, whatever, and it was a school night. Yeah. Uh, I remember who was pitching that game, David? Who started that game, David Cohn? Uh, gosh, you're making me go back now. I need two World Series. I think it was game six starters. I think it was David Cohn. I know Jimmy Key came in and uh, and relieved. He, well, he came in in the late innings. Yeah. Uh, game six. Let's see here. We've got. You're really going to make me look through the whole thing <laughs> to find the pitcher. In any event, um, yeah. While I was looking it up, I remember. Uh, I remember that game. I don't remember who started. I remember the Jays that year going after David, getting David Cohn as they're, you know, to sign this big ace. And uh, I remember Tom Hankey coming in for the save and blowing the save, which that was kind of like the downswing of Tom Hankey's Terminator career. Yeah. And um, that's when Dwayne Ward took over the following year. That's right. That's right. Did you find the starter? No, I know that Jimmy Key was the winning pitcher, but I, he came in in relief. Yeah, so Jimmy, and he was dominant. He was, he was dominant in that World Series. Uh, and I remember, uh, then I remember Dave Winfield's clutch RBI double, just past Pendleton at third base, hugged yep. the line because uh, Winfield was notorious for not playing well in October. And then I remember oh, actually when it was when Hanky uh, blew that game. I blew blew the save. The ball hit the left field, run scores, and Maldonado's throw <laughs> the classic line. And Maldonado's throw, 
is over everything. And I remember the <laughs> ball sailing, not even close to borders. He like, like it went sailing over his head. Uh, it hit the hit. Lucky there's a screen behind home play because they hit the screen and they got the ball. No other run scored. And of course, I remember uh, the the last play, right? And here's a trivia question that one of our friends, Andre, always all would always ask anybody he'd met who said they'd like baseball. Who is the pitch runner for the Braves who was standing on who would have, who would have been the tying run at third base? Probably Deion Sanders. No. John Smoltz. John Smoltz. John Smoltz was a pitch runner. He was actually at first base and ended up at third. Um, I remember that. And I remember Timlin coming in for the save. And then you get the classic line. I guess Joe Carter goes out to him and goes, watch the bunt. Yep. And sure enough, he bunts. And that play, if you ask, if you ask one of our other friends who's a Braves fan, <laughs> says he was safe. But that play was close. It was close. Uh, he was he was out, um, but it was it was Nixon's pretty fast. But yeah, I remember, and that's uh, and then you know craziness ensues. And that was I remember that I think I remember the '93 World Series more than '92. But uh, in any event, it was really it was really cool to see all those Jays get back together. And I suppose there'll be a 20th anniversary next year of the '93 probably. I'm guessing. But what you know what really stuck out to me is okay, so I mean, I granted the, this is 30 years ago, so these players are now well into their you know 50s and 60s, yeah. And Pat Borders looked like he was the same size, everybody else put on like 20, 30, 40 pounds on some, <laughs> yeah. But Pat Borders looked like he still was the same size he was. Well, there's there's two guys, um two guys that I thought could probably have played that day for the Jays. Yep. One was Pop Borders yep. and Dave Winfield. Like Dave Winfield didn't look like, he looked like the same monster. Didn't look fat. Didn't look yep. out of shape. He looked still, he looked like Dave Winfield. Yeah. Wasn't hobbling or anything. It was, uh, and speaking of Pop Borders, Pop Borders MVP that year. He could, he was, I think he raked like 500 that world yeah, series. He was, yeah. He was like well over 400. He was bad. Yeah. His, his defense is still bad. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't throw out a runner, uh, but uh, his uh, his hitting was you know what a, what a time to get hot right yeah so yeah it was cool to see Devon White his catch Timlin and they instead of a first pitch they they reenacted the uh, uh, last out last out which was pretty cool Joe Carter had didn't get as high in the in the air but, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, he... <laughs> um, and Todd Stalmer I even forgot Todd Stalmer was on that team yeah. And Dave Steve, I guess Dave Steve must have been hurt that year. He was. Yeah, I don't think he played. He uh, he stopped pitching. I think partway through the season. I think he blew his, uh, his shoulder out or something like that. Yeah. And Stoudemire was in the bullpen at the time. Right, probably a long relief there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was. I mean, to me, it, it looks like it. Maybe I was hoping it would light it would light a, it would light a fire under the the Jays now because they see what they need to do. The Jays really seemed like they needed that back then. They they needed that kick in the kick in the arse, right? And yeah. they got it from Dennis Eckersley. Yeah. Um. So let's uh, let's play devil's advocate. Let's play devil's advocate here. The Jays right now are in a position to make the playoffs. Yep. Let's say everything goes wrong. <clears throat> uh, I hate to say. I hate to. I really want to see the Jays in the playoffs, but let's say um, let's say the Jays end up tied for the with the Orioles. Oh goodness! As of right now, the Orioles have one more games against the Jays. There's no more one-game playoff. It just goes whoever who's whoever's won that 
that series. Yeah. Well, the Orioles would be in. So Jays are now out of the playoffs again. Here, Ross Atkins, assuming Ross Atkins is still the GM. What, what, what are you going to do? What do you do? Do you do anything? Do you, do you change managers? Do you not change managers? Do you make trades? What, what would you do? Well, historically in Toronto, when you do nothing, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, <laughs> um, things just don't go well. So I'm thinking you, you have to do something. Look, look what the Raptors did, right? They took a homegrown talent, DeMar DeRozan, and they flipped him for a superstar, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And it got them the championship. Yeah. So if that means that the Jays have to look at trading Bichette, then I think you kind of have to do something. I mean, if if you'd say like, all right, well, we'll trade Bichette and go get Carlos Correa or, you know, any of the, you know, top end shortstops, you have to do it. Yeah, I, I think if the if the Jays, I think even if the Jays finish in the last, the last wildcard spot, I mean, that's not where they're supposed to be this year. No. And you can blame it on a lot of things, right? Like Charlie Montoya wasn't the manager we thought he was going to be. You can blame it on um, Kikuchi. Some, some of the starters, not, yeah, not performing. Barrios, right? Yeah. Barrios wasn't, uh, wasn't the starter we thought he was going to be this year. Um, that being said, the Jays had more adversity last year playing in different stadiums yeah. and uh, managed find, found a way. So I don't know if it's complacency now or uh, I, it just seems that, I mean, if I was the GM and roles and I had to make a decision, I first I, I'd fire the hitting coach because whatever he's doing isn't working to an extent. And it's too many times when we go through like major, like the three games against the angels. Yeah. Except for Otani, can you, can you name me two of their starting pitchers? Detmers. <laughs> okay. And I don't know who pitched the other one. Right. But, like, but I remember Detmers. And that's and even last night the Jays are facing a, a guy who hasn't has had one major league start. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm finding the hitting coach and I'm yeah and I'm shaking things up. I don't know whether that's trading major trade like you remember when what's his face um, Pat Gillick. Yeah. And Pat Gillick traded Fred McGriff and Tony Fernandez. Yeah, those are two key cogs in the franchise, right? Those like they're huge, big right? names. Like gold glove shortstop and a guy a masher at first. A uh, guy who ended up with 497 home runs. Yeah. Joe Carter and a little known Roberto Alomar. Somebody we can't speak of, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the second baseman who has no name. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. That's to me, I think they're... I hate to shake things up just for the sake of shaking things up, but I think something's got to be done. Leader, maybe you need a more experienced or veteran leader, but maybe you need another veteran presence in there. I, I don't know. I, yeah. And, and that's, and like, like I said, you know, and that means if you, you know, you go for a big star, I mean, you can't, you can't just shake things up and get worse. Right. So you can say, wow, we're going to trade Bichette and pick up two like middling players. You have to go after a big star. So you have to make sure that what you're doing is going to be, making your team better, not equal or worse. Right. Yeah. And you need, I know, I know there was chemistry in that dugout, but I mean, it's not, but it doesn't mean it's working. They're professionals. They understand it's a business it's a business and you got to do, I mean, you just, and that's if, I mean, the Jays at this point can't go through more of these highs and lows. 
No. It's got to be high all the way up now. Yeah. To the end of the year, you can't get shut out by the Angels. Yeah. I mean, you can't get swept by the red, by the uh, by the O's. In any event, let's uh, hoping yeah. for uh, tonight. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll take two out of three, two three out of three from the Cubs, and is a game. I think the game started right now. Yeah, it's uh, zero 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 in the second. Is this, is Stro the Stro show pitching tonight? Stro show is pitching tonight. That was kind of cool what he said last night. Yeah, and it, they had a little tribute video for him and everything. Um, I mean, look, I have I have nothing against Strowman. Was he a very divisive and opinionated person? Yes. Does he rub a lot of people the wrong way? Yes. Was he a great pitcher? Yeah. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? If the Jays had him right now, I can guarantee you they'd be a, in a much better spot than they are now. Right. And I think, I think someone, and we've, I think we've talked about Strowman on the show is um, he's, you're right. Divisive was, is a good word. He's outspoken. Um, but I think that's also immaturity, right? Yeah. And I think as more he's, as, as a, the more he's matured, the less of that divisiveness. Mind you, I don't live in Chicago. I don't know. I don't know what he's been saying there, but he's not anywhere heard. as bad. <laughs> yeah. And right. Exactly. And he, you know, he's getting paid 21 million this year, like 24 million next year. That's 10 million more than Kikuchi. I'd pay the extra 10, 10 million bucks and have Stroman <laughs> instead of Kikuchi. Darn right. Um, yeah. So he said he would be cheering for the Jays this year in the playoffs. He's rooting for the Jays. Um, he says he's feels like he's half Canadian now. And I mean, he signed that, see that, that video with him and that, uh, that kid that, uh, yeah, that had was, a Stroman jersey. Yeah. Yeah. And the kid cried. Kid bald. Yeah. And Stroman yeah. Guy signed it, signed his ball, took a picture with him. And, He's a good dude. I think he's just, he was, he was, when he was with the Jays, he's still young and learning how to be professional. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of the Jays schedule next year, so the major league baseball's announced, they're looking at they're they've announced the new schedule for next year and they're starting with a balanced schedule. I'm all for this. Yeah. Uh, the, the Jays open in St. Louis, which would be kind of weird, yeah. uh, but they do, they have 11 day, 10 game, 11 day road trip to start the year. And I think, uh, from what I read, that's because they're just making sure the, the renovations at Rogers Center will be complete right. by the time they come home. So it gives them yeah, so what do you, two weeks. So what do you think about the schedule? I, I absolutely love this because I've been saying this for years now, that when you have divisions that are clearly stronger than others, you end up with teams that are constantly playing against higher level opponents. So for example, the East right now is... One of the few teams, so if I just look at our division here, you've got four out of the five teams that are over 500. Baltimore is seven games over 500. <laughs> right? That's crazy. Yeah. And Boston could get to 500. I mean, they were at one point, but I mean, they're 62 and 67. So there's only five games there where, you know, like that's a swing. Yeah. Um, when you look at the central, well, there's only two two teams above 500. Uh, in the west, two teams above 500. Um, NL East, three teams above 500. In the central, two teams above 500. And then you get to the NL West, two teams above 500. So obviously the AL East is one of the toughest divisions in the majors. And the Jays have to play, what, it was like 19 games against each team. That's ridiculous. Right. 
And, and we thought, you know, this year would be the Baltimore. We beat up on the Baltimore. The only team we could really beat up on would be the Baltimore Orioles. Well, it's yeah. turned out to be it's, it's just right. replaced them with the Red Sox. But yeah, you look at the Central Division, the White Sox, 63 and 65. No, I haven't listened, I haven't listened to, our, to our prediction show, uh, but I'm pretty sure we both picked the White Sox to win that division. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah, it, when you take that, there's no more, no more of the East beating the crap out of each other. And then not only that, but then because you're playing such tight games and it's such a race in the East, you tire yourself up for the playoffs, right? So yeah. I think this, this will give a more balanced approach. I think the Jays should do well with the, you know, an unbalanced schedule or sorry, a balanced schedule. Well, and historically the, the AL East has always been a very strong division. So this will just lighten up the load a little bit. Right. I mean, I mean, you're going from what I think they said originally it was 19 games against each team. Now it's down to 16. A more manageable. Six, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, you're that's 16 times what the other four teams so that's or like that's three times four so you're you're looking at a good like 12 games that are going to be spread around other divisions like all everybody's like all 30 teams are playing against each other exactly which is you know great for fans because yep. you know we get to you get to see teams that we'd never see right well as um, it stands now the only interleague uh, teams that you'll see was within another division right so right, right. now we're playing against the uh, NL Central, so that's why we played against St. Louis, Milwaukee, Chicago, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh. Yeah. But other years we're playing against the West, so we're playing against Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, Arizona. So now at least it's gonna, you know, you're gonna play every single team. Yeah. At least one series, and it might be away, it might be home. You never know, right? I think it's, I think it's great. So that's a good segue into our around the horn. Yeah. Section. So. More news about uh, Major League Baseball, not so much Jays-centered. So uh, continuing with that discussion about scheduling. They're going to play the Cards and the Cubs. They're playing a two-game series in London as they're like Major League Baseball's away-from-home kind of yeah. series. Do you like that? Do you care about it? I don't really care much about it. I, I don't see a MLB team ever being in London. I mean, I see the, I see the, I mean, the NFL does it every year. Yeah. Mind you, the NFL has talked about moving a franchise there, right? Because yeah. a little bit more manageable and you're in football, you only play once a week. Exactly. Baseball. That'd be it. like the travel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going on a road trip to London, England. Um, imagine, imagine being the Angels, coming to go to London yeah. for a three game well, set. And it's and, like yeah. that. What was it? A couple of years ago or four or five years ago where the, uh, was it the, the, uh, the A's and the giants, I think they played in Tokyo in Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they started the season early. So like, you know, for like three days, they had like three games already played, whereas nobody had played yet. I don't, uh, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I, I'm not an owner, so I can't, I, I like. I'm curious to know how that revenue is shared, right? Because right. one of those teams is losing. I think it's might be the Cubs. Someone's losing a home. Someone's losing two home games. Right. So that's revenue you're losing. Plus, I mean, home field advantage. Rather, regardless of your home team or not in London, you're not really not the home team. No, nobody's cheering for you specifically. Hey, and speaking of the cards, uh, Mr. O'Neill has uh, really picked up his game. He has. <laughs> I say that because he's on your Stratomatic team, Captain uh, Canada. He's. Uh... 
six he, home uh, runs, like five home runs in seven games. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's really he's playing center field too. Another uh, another another news: the minor minor league minor league. Uh, they've had they had a uh, authorization. Major, sorry, let's try this again. Major League <laughs> Baseball Players Association handed out authorization cards to the minor league minor league players to see if they want to join the MLBPA. Good for them. Yeah, uh, you know what? And this and if anyone's anti-union, um, look how. You, you, sorry, Major League Baseball's got no one to blame. If they're anti-union, they've got no one to blame but themselves. But, but themselves. Yeah. Major League Baseball put themselves in this situation by paying your players peanuts. Um, before this year, they had they had, they had like what eight guys renting like a two-bedroom apartment. Yeah. Uh, the, so the minor leagues were were notoriously bad, you know, for players. It, it was right. just. It, you had you had players, and and the thing with the, uh, with Major League Baseball is you spend the most times, most time in your minor leagues. Whereas yeah. like in hockey, you get drafted, you might pay in the AHL for one season, and boom, you're up in the NHL. Sometimes you're 18 years old, and you're in a, like, I mean, you're Connor McDavid. Hey, I'm captain, and I'm 18 years old. <laughs> you know, like, but yeah. when it comes to baseball, unless you're elite of the elite, like Juan Soto, who breaks right. into the majors at like. 20 years old or Bryce Harper or Vlad Guerrero or right? like, yeah, most players don't really break into the majors until they're 23, 24, 25 years old. So you've already played in the minors for five years. Yeah. You spent five years making them less than minimum wage because they even calculated. Yeah. Yeah, And they can't get another job because you're on the road most of the time. And well, and then they have to, then if they, if they want, they, they can work after the season. And they have to because, well, how else are you going to pay for your? You you need you need to live. Yeah. Um, if you read, uh, I think I've talked about him before. Uh, the, the old Dirk, uh, Dirk what's his Fingers? name? Dirk yeah, Dirk Here's his uh, his bullpen gospels. It's about basically about his life in the minor leagues, and uh, it's it kind of nails it on the head. Like guys sleeping on air mattresses, two guys sharing a room in a, an apartment. I mean, it's just uh, it's so. I'm all for it. I think it, it'll bring some much needed revenue to minor leaguers. Yeah. It's something that the uh, MLBPA was trying to negotiate within the new CBA. Yeah. But the owners wouldn't have anything of it. So this is probably the next best step is to just try to unionize them separately. And you'll see a dramatic increase in, in revenue. I wonder, do you think, do you think that the, MLB, like the, ML, the major league baseball players, if there's this, um, some kind of negotiations that goes awry for the minor leagues when they're negotiating a contract, do you think major league baseball players will say, you know, well, you know what, then we're sitting out? I don't know. Because then you'll have a, that'll force the hand of the owners. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't, we'll see, I guess. I, I, think, I think it's, I, it's, it's the only, had, had the owners been fair? This would be a non-issue. And they paid him a, a, a decent wage, yep. accommodations, proper accommodations before this year. I think this would have been a non-issue. You, you never even heard of the boat and association. But. And, and I think the Jays, if you go back, um, the Jays were one of the first teams to increase the pay for their yeah. minor leaguers. I actually heard that this week on uh, Major League uh, Baseball Network. They, they mentioned the Jays as one of the few teams that are actually 
uh, gave their players a, a living wage. Yeah. So I'm getting off this. Another news: uh, Aaron Judge hits his 50th home run of the year. Too bad he's on a losing team. Well, <laughs> well they're still a winning team, but <laughs> still seven games up. Um, do you think he'll hit 60? I I could see it. Yeah. I think he joined. Who did he join? Babe Ruth and. Mickey Mantle, the only other two Yankees to hit multiple seasons of 50 home runs. Yeah. The Diamondbacks uh, called up yesterday their uh, number one prospect, Corbin Carroll. Uh, in the minors, he slashed 307, 425, 611, 24 home runs, 31 stolen bases, five caught stealing. Apparently, he's got wheels. Yeah, he's pretty fast. Uh, he missed a fly ball in, left, in right field yesterday, but uh, he made uh, a bad decision. I'll, I'll say it's nerves. <laughs> and Ichiro was honored by this by the Seattle Mariners this this week. So I think you sent me a little video, right? Of yeah. this week. Just uh, you know what I I always felt horrible that this guy didn't start his career like everybody else does at like twenty two or twenty three years old because he didn't start in the majors until he was twenty seven. And um, and I know a lot of people won't except this but they said that he's got the most hits right so right now we know that pete rose is the all-time hit leader for mlb um but when they decided to make ichiro the all-time hit leader as a professional ball player so they took his his numbers in japan and added it to the mlb and of course he's he's sitting higher than pete rose i mean the guy was a special player kid was fast had great defense Never really hit for power, but the guy was on base all the time. He's, he's got the uh, all-time, all-season hit record. Uh, he surpassed who? Who did he surpass for that? Was that Lou, Lou Gehrig? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, just a great ball player. Cannon for an arm. Like, he's a skinny dude, right? I don't know if you saw his laser throw from, from right field, nailing people at third. That's just unheard of, like, on a rope. I'm looking up professional baseball hits and it's really, so they always, yeah. So I was one of those guys who, uh, and I still, to be honest, I mean, I still think it's Pete Rose. Yeah. I mean, Ichiro had major league baseball career had 3,089 hits, Yeah, which from 2001, so an 18 year career, that's right. 19 years, 3000 hits. Yeah. Pretty amazing. I don't know how long it took. Oh, let me look, look it up right now. P. Rose. Mm-hmm. P. Rose had a 24-year career, had 4,256. Could have Ichiro got another 1,000 hits in. Well, he would in his prime, right? But yeah, but then you're right. So then you look back, Ichiro, see Ichiro started at 21, 22. That's five years of his prime. And I guarantee you, he would have. So yeah, you know, to be honest, I was one of those guys who didn't. I, you, you, you can't. You, you, you can't, can't count. No. Japanese baseball and, and major league baseball. We're just major league baseball is just better. Uh, it's true because look at how many Japanese players come over and just flounder, right? There's very few, very few. Do I think Ichiro is better than Pete Rose? I think and, and, so. and that's, is it, is it really a fair question for me? I didn't watch Pete Rose play. No. Um, but to watch Ichiro play, he was, he's two steps out of the box when he, when his when his swing was through the his his, his uh, swing path, yeah, um, it, it was he was 
and I think I texted you this too. I said it was. It's sad that you know I didn't appreciate him when he was when yeah. he was there. Right. It's such and a. I've always thought he was quietly the best ball player around in his time. Yeah. Because nobody really talked about him. But he was always in the MVP conversation. He's always the hit leader. And he was always winning gold gloves. I went back and looked at his stats today just because I was watching a little like a little mini documentary. I watched a video that Seattle played a tribute uh, to him. And uh, it talked about... Uh, so I just looked at his stats. And, I mean, first year, he had 56 stolen bases. Batting 350 and on base at 381. MVP, rookie of the year. Rookie of the year, MVP. Gold glove, silver slugger, all-star. <laughs> That's he his had, first year. <laughs> he had over 200 hits his first 10 years in the league. Yep. Um, batted 350 his rookie year. That's ridiculous. And then, I mean, he batted 352 in 2009. Yep. And I remember, I remember, this is in 2005, and they're like, well, he doesn't have any power. And he's like, well, I don't hit for home runs. So this year I'm going to hit for more home runs. So he hits Jack's 15 home runs. Yeah. Um, I watched this documentary, uh, Brett Boone, who was, used to be the second baseman of the, uh, the Mariners. I guess he got mad one day and he, and he threw his glove in the corner. And Ichiro is notorious for being very neat, proper, and clean, right? Like, he's a neat freak. And uh, he says, he turns to Brett Boone and says, you don't respect your equipment. Just kind of Ichiro style. And then I saw, I don't know if you, if you, if you, if you follow baseball, I'm sure you've seen the video by now that uh, when he went to catch a foul ball or a fly ball, ended up in the seats in, in right field. He kind of jumps in and meets, and this girl is sitting there, and she's like freaks out after yeah. she meets him kind of thing. And then she threw the first pitch and a game like what two days ago? Yeah, yeah. For the she met him for the and it was a surprise. Like she didn't know she was going to throw the first pitch to Ichiro, and she met him again. And she freaked out again. So it was pretty. And he just seems like a generally nice guy, like soft spoken, quiet, humble, and good ball player. Yeah. And when I was looking at his stats, one thing that really stuck out to me is one of his last complete seasons, like his last full season playing as a almost full time player. In 2016, yeah. at 42 years, he hit 291. <laughs> <laughs> and he bounced back here before he hit 229. Yeah. And he had 354 on base. Yeah. Yeah, like he he was and, – and you know what they say, right? Like you, you, you start falling off, you know, in your mid-30s. Yeah. Look at his mid-30s. So if you could just imagine if you would have started playing in the majors in his early twenties, well, numbers. And it, what also stands out to me is his strikeouts. I mean, he's didn't strike out any more than eighty six times. Yeah. And six hundred eighty plate six hundred eighty at bats, seven hundred forty nine plate appearances. He struck out eighty six times. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's uh, yeah the honored Ichiro in Seattle and well deserved Hall of Famer. Um, other baseball news. Uh, Aroldis Chapman is on the IL. Yeah, he's got a gross injury. Where do you get your tattoos from? Like some back alley? Well, like, I mean, you, you think you're making millions of dollars, you go to top notch studios. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, hey, let's go get a tattoo and hepatitis. <laughs> they, go to, they, go to, they go to prison? <laughs> like, get a prison tat? Yeah, so he's on the IL because of a 
infected tattoo. His he's having a really bad year. Yeah, I think there. I don't think well. And then uh, their other closer, who is uh, is his name escapes me. Yeah, King. King. Yeah, the King. Yeah, uh, he's just coming off the IL now. Yeah, he just yeah he just came off the IL. Uh, he was he was having a rough go too, probably because I drafted him in Strato. <laughs> Uh, the Matt, the Holmes. Mets, what's that? Clay Holmes. Too. Clay Holmes. That's it. Clay Holmes. Uh, the Mets retired Willie Mays at number 24. For those paying attention, Willie Mays only played two years in New York. Are, are the Jays going to retire uh, Frank Thomas's jersey? Well, like, <laughs> I, I, I get it. it's Willie Mays. I mean, it's Willie Mays, so let's honor him. But retiring his jersey after playing there for two years? But okay. Uh, in those two years, he batted 267 and 211. The combined 14 home runs. Mind you, that added that added to his total of 660 home runs. Yep. Uh, anyways, uh, I and this is no disrespect to Willie Mays. I think Willie Mays is a great player, and his number should be retired in San Francisco. Yes. Um. So, Albert Pujols yes. did it again last again, night. Another home run, 694. He's now at 694 with a month to go in the season. I don't care if you're not a Cardinals fan. You got to be cheering for the guy who hit 700 home runs. Everybody is. Like, and I heard a thing on uh, a major league, major league radio this week, and they said it's the last game of the year. He needs one more home run to get to 700. He's playing the Pirates. Do the pirates just like throw it over the middle and then all the infielders just kind of like all, all the outfielders just take a knee? <laughs> don't chase the ball and run on the bases. <laughs> and I don't think Albert would take that. Because if you think of like that's like that's a cheap way to get 700 home runs, right? Yeah. I mean it'd be a cool gesture, but that's not how I don't I don't think that's how Albert would want to hit 700 home runs. Because I think like, I don't know if you watch football, but if you watched when Michael Strahan broke the sack record, yeah, like Brett Favre basically like ran into his arms and kind of fell down. I mean, it was just, it was awful. And that for, for me, that record is tainted now because of that, of that play. What I'm hoping happens is that he gets to 699. And then every single time we have an at bat, the channel switches to him. Like they did with Barry Bonds. You remember? Yep. And if, and if I'm the pitcher of an opposing team, unless I'm in the playoff hunt, guess what Albert's getting a fastball down the middle. <laughs> I don't care. Like, it's for the greater good of baseball. What do I care if I give up a home run? And at least I'll be remembered for something. Yeah. He's getting my best 68 mile an hour fastball <laughs> right over the heart, heart of the plate. And if I'm the manager, I'm throwing lefty in there. Yeah. There you go, Albert. Serve it up. Uh, I think everybody's cheering for him. Just even, I mean, he's what, two away from a rod. I hope he gets it. Yeah. I, I think he's got a good shot at it. I just he I he was know. on a roll, and if he can just keep it going, I mean, ugh, it's just you got to face lefties because that's yeah. all they're putting him in there for. I think, and and they're 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 in the I think the division lead. I think. Yep. Yeah, they're uh, six games. Oh, so they have living six games up. These again play a little bit towards the end of these, maybe towards the end and yep. um, against righties a little bit more. 
Uh, anyways, moving on from Albert Pujols, the A's, <laughs> two stories about the A's. One, did you hear <laughs> this guy in New York this week? No. Are they in New York? A's are, are, are the A's in New York or New York's at the A's? Uh, I don't know. I think, I think they're, I don't Anyways, an A's fan in the stand said, give me an A. What's that spell? <laughs> A's. <laughs> anyways. Uh, the A's, their attendance on August 24th. It must have been in, in Oakland because that's the only time you'd actually be able to hear a fan. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good segue to this. August 24th against Miami in Oakland. A total of 2,630 fans enjoyed that game. The AAA, the AAA team for the A's, average attendance, 6,801. This team's got to go. It's it's that's brutal. That is abysmal. So how how do you feel like so you're a major league ball player? Yeah. And you step out on the field for a home game. And I'll tell you exactly you have, what's going I'll tell you I'll tell you exactly what's going through my mind. Did COVID happen again? Right. Yeah. Bring the cardboard cutouts back. <laughs> <laughs> like it's awful. I it is. And it's sad because they have such a, uh, a big history, not even just like franchise wise, being you know, they have Philadelphia A's and then, yeah. you know, there's that monster team in the seventies, early eighties, then the monster team in the late eighties, early, early nineties, yeah. you know, Conseco, McGuire, um, Eckersley, Dave Stewart, Rick Honeycutt. I mean, there's just, they were a force, right? And then yeah. Moneyball and now it's, now it's just mint. <laughs> like who cares? Yeah. Um, Josh Hader. Remember Josh Hader? Yeah. So here's here's quick trivia. Okay. So from April 10th, when Josh Hader made his first appearance this season, to June 15th, what was his ERA? Okay, okay give me the dates again. Uh, April 10th to June okay. 15th. Okay. I'm going to say 110. Or sorry, June 5th. It's actually zero. What? Yeah. <laughs> For his first 19 games, he had a zero ERA. And since then? And then since then, <laughs> he's got, uh, let's go back to the June here. And let's go to the end of the season. And since then, he's got an ERA of 11.45. But the most of that just happened to come from July 13th to July 28th, where his ERA is in the 20s. Yeah. So Josh Hader got traded from the Brewers to the uh, Padres. And I remember when this happened at the trade deadline, everybody was like, "What are you? What's happening in Milwaukee? Why are they trading their 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 closer?" Yeah, and he was their go-to guy. I remember maybe the year before. I mean, he, they they pitched him every time they could. But I also remember thinking, well, he was really struggling for six games or so, five games prior to this deadline. Yeah. Well, since the trade deadline, since he's been a Padre, he's at a twenty-three point one four ERA. Yeah. Four point zero seven one WHIP. He's lawn four base runners per inning. 
He's only pitched 4.2 innings. That means, that means he's allowing a run. If he's allowing four base runners per inning, he's allowing a run. Yeah. He's got a 22.9% strikeout rate and a 20% walk rate. So my only uh, guess is that the Brewers saw something or they knew something was going on and traded and didn't and got rid of him. And the Padres had no idea. Well, I, I Googled his name earlier and yeah. the first article was, is he broken and can they fix him? <laughs> well, he's obviously walking too many batters, right? Yeah. Um, uh, he's that enigma like Barrios is kind of for us. Yeah. And even, you know, like Brios's last start, start before that, he looked great. This start, not as like 10 hits. Yeah. And it's over five innings isn't, isn't, isn't great. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to know what, what Hater's deal is because he's uh, not the pitcher the Padres thought they were getting for sure. It still throws hard. Yep. Uh, another news. So this, this could relate a little bit to the Jays because we'll see what happens, how this is going to affect the Blue Jays contracts. So Julio Rodriguez signed a 14-year, $210 million guaranteed contract yep. with a possibility of making over $450 million in incentives. Nice. I like the incentives things. Yeah, see, that's I'm okay with that. Um, do I think that'll fly for Vladimir Guerrero? No. I think Vlad's looking will look more for the $400 million guaranteed. Yeah. And like rightfully so. Do I think that'll be more in line with like a Bobachette? That I could see. Contract? Yeah. And for Bobachette, incentive, less errors. <laughs> Throw out routine player, routine ground balls at first base. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a great, it's a great contract for the Mariners. It is. Great player too. Yeah. He kind of, his coming out party was the all-star home run derby. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you can help, if you can 14, you, get, you, you wrangle them up for 14 years. I mean, there's obviously risk with it. What if he gets hurt? Yeah. Um, but if you're, if you're Jared Kelnick and you're watching this happen, <laughs> he, he had his opportunity, man. You're like, that was supposed to be me. Yeah. And what he's batted like under a 280. Yeah, yeah. He's a buck 80 or something like that. That's uh, like it's just, and it's and just goes to prove you know just because you're a great minor league player doesn't mean you can cut at the major leagues. Well, and and I I watched something where they were talking about the Jays and their trades, um, and how Alex Anthropolis, who's now the GM for the uh, Braves, world champion, um, <laughs> slip that in there, yeah. world champion Braves because of Alex Anthropolis. He yeah. he emptied the cabinet, right? Yeah. But when you look at the guys that they gave up, nobody really panned out. Right. So all- that just goes to show like we, we tend, like, I know we, we tend to put a lot of value on our prospects when we, we, we see them grow up in the minors and we're like, Oh, look at this kid. This kid's going to be great. This kid's going to be fantastic. Well, we and then talk about them every week. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then do we want to trade this guy? Well, look, look at what happened to Austin Martin, right? He was our hot draft pick last year. Yeah. We traded him for Barrios. He hasn't really done anything this year. They're called prospects for a reason. Right. And uh, I think that's the thing you got. You have to 
keep in mind is that they're not they're not major league they're not all stars yet yeah, they're, they're not, prospects they're not sure things and uh that's i mean so is there is there is there a risk obviously with julio rodriguez of course there is right he's still not proven still a rookie i mean it could find out next year he could but the odds i mean you're you're gambling with house money i think <laughs> like you're there's a good chance he's not going to be that flash in the pan yeah uh, I'm just, just curious how Austin Martin's doing since you mentioned him in the Twins. In 2022, they put him back to rookie ball? That's not good. He he was he had no power. Yeah, batting 240 in uh, AA. And uh, no home, one home run. Yeah. Yeah, so he isn't panning out to be anything what they thought he'd be. Nope. Uh, Woods Richardson. What's he doing? Simeon Woods Richardson. I got him here. Uh, Simeon Woods Richardson's in double A. I think he's doing well. 318 ERA. 318. And and as a starter, that's pretty decent. He got demoted. He was in triple A at a 519 ERA. So again, right? That was one of our yeah. our big uh, you know, it's gonna be top of our rotation guys, and 519 and triple A isn't isn't spectacular. So you're right. You, you nailed it on the head. They're they're called rookies. They're called prospects for a reason. Yep. They're just prospects. And if you can evaluate talent, and that's what Alex Anthopoulos was. He was a scout. Yep. So obviously, he saw something. He knew something in these players that other GMs didn't. So um, he's proven his weight. I mean, and I remember when that, when uh, Atkins and Shapiro started with the Jays, they were furious though. Alex, you know, sold the farm and, but you got to make those moves. Well, and you know what happened is, yeah, he sold the farm, but he revitalized the fan base. Yeah. Right. So then you have sellouts for two years after that. Yeah. Which then gives you the money to be able to pay for free agents and, and, and whatnot. And then you just rebuild. And I think Atkins and Shapiro have done a fantastic job of drafting. Yep. You know what? Good on them. I, you know, a lot of people gave him a lot of flack when they first came on. They called him Shatkins. Yep. <laughs> um, if you'd read the forums and and any of the uh, the Reddits, it was it was not friendly at all. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? I gave them benef- benefit of the doubt because I knew that they came from Cleveland, and Cleveland was notorious for drafting phenomenal pitching. I mean. Look at they had, they had uh, Bieber, uh, Trevor Bauer. Um, who's the guy that they got that traded to San Diego who injured got injured? I can't remember. But anyways, there was like a whole bunch of pitchers. Oh, McC- uh, Clevenger, Mike Clevenger. Yeah, Clevenger, yeah. Like these are all pitchers that they drafted and are homegrown talents. And you know what? They all turned out to be fantastic pitchers. And I figure if they if you bring that over to the Jays organization. Unfortunately, they haven't drafted many pitchers. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, 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 I so <laughs> I'm not making a lot of sense here. So I, I, I was, I was in the same opinion, right? I thought I was upset at first because Atkins did sell our mindless system. That turned out to be it. I wasn't upset. I was actually happy because we got finally see us in the playoffs. Yeah, for once, that was nice. I did see what Atkins and Shapiro meant by the fact that. Now they have nothing in the cupboard. Yeah. Uh, 
my concern is that we're always just going to be worried about the future. Right. And then we're not going to take that gamble like the Jays, like Pat Gillick did. Right. Yeah. Just talk about it. Uh, Fernandez and McGriff for Carter and Alomar. Yeah. That was a huge gamble. It could have blown up in his face easily. What if Alomar panned out to turn out to be nothing? Yeah. Um, so I'm a little nervous that they don't take that risk and they just, you know, worry about their prospects. But then, I, then I, as, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking of that the trade we just talked about, Simeon Wood Richardson and Austin Martin for Barrios. Obviously, they're not afraid to make a big trade for a prospect. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, they didn't make any moves this year, which kind of was frustrating because, you know, they're on the precipice of being great and all they needed was a little extra push and they didn't really go out and get it. They got Mitch White. I mean, I'm not, I mean, Mitch White had a bad outing. It happens every once in a while. No, but I I, I agree with you. I don't think Mitch White is, he's, he's Ross Strickland. Yeah, he's not the impact player that we were expecting. No. Unless they see something we don't, or they know something we don't, right? Right. Probably. <laughs> no, and we, and we thought, well, maybe they know something about Kikuchi that we don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I would, I'm guessing there's, there's a plan in place. Maybe they, maybe we talked about the play, the, the trade deadline before, but maybe there was a player they wanted, they just didn't get. Yeah. Maybe this isn't the year they, they kind of, maybe they, they know this isn't the year. Maybe, maybe they realize like, you know what, right now at this point, you've got the Dodgers that are going to be powerhouses. You've got the Yankees that if everything goes well and their injured players return could end up being, you know, like a steamroller in the playoffs, this might not be the year. And they figured, you know what, let's not put all our eggs in the same basket this year and maybe see what happens next year. Vladdy, Bo, uh, Guriel, they're all young. Yeah. And they might have another, like, I mean, if Vladdy goes back to MVP Vladdy with a 315 average and 40 plus home runs and Bichette goes back to being a 300 hitter. We'll see. It's a lot of ifs there. (laughs) There's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of ifs. There is. And it's, it's always like that, right? Yeah. I mean, Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping the Jays. I'm, there's got. There's, I'm sure there's a plan in place, and I'm sure they they know exactly what it is. <clears throat> I'm just hoping the Jays uh, come out to win tonight, beat the Stro Show. And for those of you who uh, don't check Twitter, follow John Gibbons. Yes, he's on Twitter, and I guess Stroman's already blocked him. Yeah, well, he what ended up. I don't know what happened exactly. Stroman posted something. Gibbons made a little snippy remark, just kind of being goofy. Yeah. Stroman thought it was a fake account, so he blocked it, but then uh-huh. later on found out that it was actually John Gibbons uh, <laughs> that started a Twitter account and re-added him. So okay. I know uh and then John Gibbons wrote something like, Oh, the Stro show's pitching in Toronto. I'd pay to see that. Anyways, that was that was like one of his first tweets. So yeah. I can't I just can't see John Gibbons tweeting. Well, he's got a book coming out. Oh, there we go. There it is. Yeah. So he was on Tim and Sid or Tim and friends. Sorry. Sid hasn't been around for like a year. (laughs) So for for those of you that are are American listeners, uh, Tim and friends is a kind of like a traffic hour kind of talk show. They plays from five to seven and sports talk and they talk about all kinds of stuff. And they had John Gibbons on from uh, I think he was in Missouri at the time. Um, And he was saying that uh, he got all kinds of offers 
from all the Toronto sports writers basically saying, Hey, if you want to write a book, I want to write it for you. Um, and apparently he's finally doing that. So that's coming really? out. Uh, yeah, it's coming out sometime in the next couple months or so. Well, maybe we'll do our first ever uh, book club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a book I actually might read. Does it, does it have pictures in it? I hope so. <laughs> I hope there's the real story behind the uh, Shea Hillenbrandt and uh, Ted Lilly. Ted Lilly situation. That's going back. That's the John Gibbons' first tenure as a as the a ship Blue is Day sinking. Manager. Yeah, the ship is sinking. That that, that was Shea Hillenbrandt, right? Shea Hillenbrandt wrote that. Yeah, he got shipped out of town. Yeah. And um, anyway, anything else you want to add? Uh, no. I well, I think we have our. our blue chip right oh shoot totally forgot about our, our blue chip and dip prospect and i just saw this guy because it was a uh mention about him in the athletic i had never heard his name before his name is addison burger barger b-a-r-g-e-r i think that's how he's called yeah yeah he's a uh, six-round draft pick that from 2018 they signed him for two hundred seventy-one thousand dollars. i think because he was committed to a college I think he's committed to Florida State or something, and they ended up drafting him. He's a shortstop, but probably looking more towards being a utility infielder. Uh, between uh, in his minor league uh, stats so far, he's batting 304, slashing 304, 369, 546, and he's got 21 home runs. So he's got a little bit of power. That's all I got on him. Well, one thing that really stands out in his bio is that it says that. At uh, single A Dunedin, he regularly posts exit velocities above 100 miles per hour. Wow. So the power is real. <laughs> power is real. So, I mean, he's a left-handed batter. Could he be that left-handed bat we're looking for so desperately? What's going to happen? We're going to have all these left-handed bats and then we're not going to need them anymore. <laughs> Yeah. And for those of you uh, watching at home, it's uh, one nothing Cubs. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Home run by Contreras. Gossman has given up four hits so far in four innings. Yeah. Not bad. Four innings, four hits, one run, one earned. Six strikeouts already. Yeah. He's being outpitched by Strowman. Strowman. Strowman's a good pitcher. I mean, you got to give it to him. Yeah. He's got an area over four this year, but not, not much over four. I think four twelve. Yeah. And, uh, but once again, the Jays bats are gone silent. Yeah. You just can't have that. Anything else you want to add? No, I think that's pretty much it. Well, the Jays are going to come back and win this game. I hope so. They're going to win tomorrow. And then we'll be back next week. Sometime next week. I work on Tuesdays, Monday, Tuesdays. Yeah, maybe Wednesday or something. Yeah. yeah. All right. So for myself, Ivan. Myself, yeah. Ivan. <laughs> Am I tired? Myself, Mickey. I'm like co-host Ivan. Have a good week, everybody. Have a good week, everybody.